0: Welcome to the True Works Podcast, the podcast that equips you to understand how the gospel transforms your life and your work. I'm your host Joshua Smith, and with me today is my co-host Doug Mickle. Doug, welcome to the show. Uh, nice to be here, and uh, great to be able to do this. Yes, yeah, I'm excited to jump into our topic today. Uh, our topic for today comes from Sandra Richter's great, great book, Epic of Eden. Epic of Eden is this great book that tells us how we should understand the Bible as one overall story. That's the topic for our uh, conversation today.
1: Yeah, and we're this is obviously the first part of our uh series that we're going to do on uh, supporting our faith and work intensive. And this is books at the beginning of it, just simply to try and give you folks out there a sense of uh, the overall narrative arc of the Bible, that it's one story and it
0: it really does something to try and guide and support our lives. So, let's think about How we can inch our way into this topic. I think the term covenant is perhaps a familiar one uh, to people who are around church or maybe are familiar with church lingo or Christian lingo. But I want to think, put that on the back burner for just a moment and think of things that are disordered and chaotic and that come into harmony, and are organized. Uh, one of my favorite films, uh, The Imitation Game, is follows the World War II uh, race to decrypt the Germans' encrypted messages between uh, their forces. And Alan Turing gets this, one of the first mechanical computers, and he figures out that key to unlock these messages. Uh, this kind of idea of taking something chaotic but having a key or a legend to unlock and decrypt something to make it understandable and unified and harmonious i think is a one that we can understand pretty easily
1: yeah and you know, I think that's one element of uh, what comes through in the book, and we'll get to that in a minute. Talking about uh, covenant, but there's also another element of the book that I think is is really good: the sense mm. of the narrative arc that there's one mm. storyline to the Bible, and and her bringing that to the surface, and uh, that kind of concept of beginning in the garden and ending in a city is one that uh, you know is one that I think is very helpful as well. Folks, um, folks need a sense of why all these disparate stories that they feel that they've read or have heard in Sunday school turn into one story if you get it right Mm -hmm. and uh, Mm -hmm. yeah I just think that's the the beauty of this book
0: and that's why we encourage you to pick it up and read it and uh, yeah that's where we are today yeah I mean so maybe not as much just a decryptor or unlocking but something like uh, music where if you look at a piano it's just several notes Uh, arranged on a scale, but once we put the notes in a certain kind of arrangement and then play it in uh, a concert hall, for example, uh, it becomes this unified moving towards some type of end or goal. Yeah. Uh, and we can we can understand that much better unless we're musically trained. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. And I think one last analogy mm-hmm. that may help folks as well, and and again back to the kind of biblical narrative thing, is that this this idea of covenant and also this narrative arc and journey over the course of the Bible um, give you an example of that. That's one that's close by here. Is that uh, if you imagine, um, well, back in 2011 uh, there was a huge drought. I got actually right now there's a bit of a drought as well, but uh, mm. huge. Drought that killed a bunch of trees uh, in Memorial Park uh, here in Houston, Texas, and after that, you know, the city authorities got together and said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna have some longer term vision to recreate uh, Memorial Park." I have this vision for it, and what you see there is a sense of how this kind of unifying vision over a period of time, creates this built environment. And the analogy there is to what you'll see in Richter's book is that we, we start in Eden in a garden, but over the course of time in history, this this uh, wonderful and beautiful environment that's created with God comes to the fore. Yeah. And it ends ultimately in a city that uh, where God dwells with his people. And that narrative arc is what she wants to talk about in her book. So um, like again, we hope this encourages you to pick up the book and get your way through it.
0: So let's let's talk about that a bit more, Doug. So you you, you're using the term over and over for our listeners of narrative arc or one grand story. Do you think that this is the kind of typical way that we think of the scriptures uh, Sandra Ricker has Ricker has something I know especially yeah. to say about that.
1: Yeah well she uses the uh, the analogy in her book of uh, of folks closet at home the thing where you put all your clothes and uh, apparently there's a whole bunch of folks out there that have messy closets because that's how the analogy not works your closet of course clearly not my closet okay uh, okay don't yes, look at my I am, closet i am married to karen which means my closet is not messy yeah i have she, two takes, ca- she takes care of that stuff yeah yeah you and have two toddlers means- so i do not but uh yeah. anyway so uh in that world messy closet and uh, she says well you know you need to be able to know where to put all your stuff. And she compares that kind of chaotic closet to the way that Christians also view the the Old and New Testament. And that they're often very familiar with the pieces and parts of it. They're mm-hmm. familiar with mm-hmm. the stories. They've heard them if they've grown up in a church for decades, uh, for decades. They, they know about David. They know about uh, David and Goliath. They know about Saul. They know about Adam. They know about Abraham. They know about these folks but they really don't have a way of tidying up that closet and turning it into one narrative.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's what she seeks to introduce. She seeks to introduce this concept called covenant that helps tidy up that closet and make sense of all these disparate stories that you see and turns them into one story. Mm-hmm. Yeah?
0: And I think this is understandable. I mean, the kind of examples that you just gave of, of David, Moses, Abraham, Adam. These are characters in the biblical narrative that are separated by astounding amounts of time. Some of them are living in different kinds of cultures. They're in different positions. How could that be part of just one grand story? But having these bookends of beginning in a garden and ending in a city uh, is something that takes one step towards yep. organizing that. Yep. And those two are the beginning and the ends of covenant, or the fulfillment of covenant.
1: Yeah. She talks also in the book, again, and I think this is a helpful analogy, of this grand rescue mission of a um, uh, and yeah. she used the yeah. analogy of the climber who who falls into this deep ravine. And, uh, and mm-hmm. then uh, one has to mobilize all these various different pieces and parts of a rescue to progressively get that Broken climber out of the out rede- uh, of the ravine and into uh, a place of safety and it doesn 't happen just once you know you have to it doesn 't happen all at once, I guess I should say is that you progressively that ah, climber yeah. is is kind of picked out of the ravine and eventually placed in a place of safety and and I think that 's what she 's trying to say. The Bible is like that progressively God works to redeem the disaster of Eden and eventually create this created environment mm-hmm. where man and God is together, and in that place, we're safe. Try to think, remind me, she has a nice kind of uh, analogy for what does that mean to be safe, or what does that mean to be in some place. Can you remember what that is?
0: Well, she has this phrase where the to be uh, God's people in God's place shoot what is this? enjoying god's presence right enjoying god's presence that's right Yeah. yeah god's people in god's place with full access to god's presence
1: yeah
0: yeah and that's kind of awesome right i mean and actually
1: as as a sort of vision of You know, what are we here to do? Or, or what's the future going to look like? I think that's just an incredibly beautiful vision. And, and I think too often as, as Christians, we are, we frame our lives as one only of obedience. To, to laws or precepts. Yep. Yep. Whereas here's something that's relational based. That mm-hmm, ultimately, mm-hmm. what we have here is a journey towards a place where all the relationships that we see. Uh, Put together in Eden are again restored. And that's the definition of safety and peace and harmony. That we, we are that, at that moment, we're sharing our lives with those around us, with the creation that God has created and ultimately with the God that created us. That's an awesome vision, and that's what's laid out in the book. It's a it's a beautiful book. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And thinking about it as an epic, as we think of epics as these grand narratives that sprawl that have many narratives in them, but yeah. all rolling towards this yeah. finality, were of resolution. You know, you bring up the way that I think a lot of us read the Old Testament. You say that the uh, the kinds of things of How we think as Christians that we're supposed to do is just follow a bunch of precepts or laws. And that this idea of covenant opens up the the space to relationship. And really, covenant shows itself as as really a foundational, the bedrock of the Bible. Because the commands that we often kind of think that this is what Christianity is all summed up to be. Are the commands of God are simply the basis of the covenant, the covenantal mm-hmm. relationship. If you want to be in relationship with me, I've sought you out, Israel. I've sought you out, Moses. Now here are the stipulations of our marriage, if you like. Yeah. Um, the relationship yeah. is primary, not posterior. Yeah. It's, it's prior to those commands. Yeah. And I think
1: that's the important thing, right? Yeah. That, and that's what comes through in the book as well, is that it's a, it's the thing I enjoy about it is is the way that 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 the relationship with God and man is portrayed in the book is foundationally relational. Mm-hmm. It's not about uh, the obedience comes Because of the relationship, not the other way around. Yeah, you know, we don't have a relationship because we obey. God reaches out to us, establishes that relationship, and enables us to obey. And I think that's a that's a really profound shift for many Christians. but I guess we teach this book, and we, we we want people to read this book primarily because we want to establish that kind of relational view of, 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 of our Christian lives um, before people get on this journey of uh, of faith and work, uh, because we've got to kind of understand what our faith is That's first. right. If we're doing
0: faith and work, like, okay, wait a second, what is our faith to begin with? We have to have some foundation. And that's what we're going through in this first part of the faith, work, and It's it's forming the biblical foundations uh, that propel, motivate, and uh, give us our creative juices for thinking about work in a different way than we have in the past. So let's let's get just a little—before we give uh, up—before we—excuse me, before we leave this discussion of covenant, let's just look at it one last time about how it looks— uh, in maybe the way we read the Bible individually or corporately. Um, so we, when, when we're thinking of covenant as this uh, organizing, overarching organizing principle, when I'm reading about David, David just is not, oh, someone who is faithful to God. Sometimes he's not very faithful to God, right? He's not just some moral example for me. Rather, We need to be in tuned, if the Bible is arranged as covenant, with what aspect of securing God's people in God's place and full access to God's presence is God up to in the story of David? Is he trying to secure the ruler uh, of or? Uh, the israelite people to be a representative of him is he trying to move towards that and ultimately all of not only david but moses abraham adam are pointing towards this culmination in jesus christ could you comment just a little bit on covenant with jesus or new jerusalem because i know she focuses a lot on the old testament but she continually reminds her readers also of but all of this is rolling towards this Tell us for this end in yeah. Jesus. Yeah,
1: I think if there was one thing about the book that I wish she had done that she did not do is that there should have been a couple of chapters uh, on. Um On the New Testament, Mm -hmm. yeah, Yeah, and I guess that's not her field. That's yeah, chapter, and that's not her field of interest. That's not where she did all of her academic work or whatever. So maybe she didn't feel qualified to do that. But actually, there's also a series of videos available that where she teaches through this book, and you can watch her teach. And I think those are those are actually awesome. She is clearly just a very gifted teacher that cares about her students. And there you get much more of a sense at the end of each of her lectures how this is orientated towards. Towards the coming of Jesus in the New Testament. You know, ultimately, I think one thing that's very relevant about this is that uh, if you think about all the folks that, that saw Jesus for the first time, the whole aspect of covenant, God's relationship with his people, would have informed their every moment with Jesus. Mm, mm. They they would informed every single detail of how they perceived him and how they understood what he was doing amongst them. Mm, mm. Covenant would be at the center of that. And what they were longing for in the time when Jesus arrived, of course, was God coming and ultimately reestablishing that relationship of intimacy with them. They longed for that. Jesus may not have been exactly what many at that time wanted, definitely or at least not. definitely yeah. not, but... Um, but they lived in the times that we live. We live in a time of 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 not quite or not yet, where we long for Jesus to return and reestablish His kingdom. Mm-hmm. That's what all these covenants are pointing towards. Ultimately, as she says, where God's people will enjoy God's presence in God's place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah, and we'll get to talk much more about that that place, that vision of where all of this is culminating in this new yeah. place, this new Jerusalem. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us for the True Works Podcast, where we looked at Sandra Ricker's excellent book, Epic of Eden, and the whole issue of covenant and how that informs the way we read the Bible and hopefully as we tease out through this faith work intensive, what it means for our lives. I'm Joshua Smith, and this is my co-host, Doug Meekle. You can find more information about TrueWorks at TrueWorksHouston.org, and you can find this podcast and others anywhere podcasts are found. Thank you so much.